It is episode 102 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And today's show is a little bit different. I'm not talking to a creator of certified and bona fide good stuff. Rather, I'm talking to someone who knows more about their particular good stuff than just about anyone else I know. I'm talking to my friend, Rebecca Dehovitz, who knows things beyond what most people know about the things that she loves like Hamilton or like Avatar, The Last Airbender. And I thought, what better person to introduce us to some things that we may not know about than Rebecca? So I think you're going to like this and maybe learn something new. Of course, for all the old episodes, you can go to www.goodstuffpod.com. They're all there. They're all on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Radio Public or Overcast or whatever it is that you get your podcasts. If you'd like to drop me a line because you think that there's some good stuff that I should know about, you can do that. Mike at goodstuffpod.com. Rebecca is the best. You are going to love this one. Special thanks to assistant co-producer Maddie for her help with this one. Here you go, Rebecca Dehovitz. We got good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Here we are in Good Stuff Remote Studio number four. I'm here with a very good buddy of mine, Rebecca Dehovitz. How are you, Rebecca? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. It's a, as you said just a second ago before we were interrupted by our assistant producer, that it's a beautiful day. It is. And the weather's nice. And this has been a long time in the works. Yeah, I've known about this podcast since the beginning. Like the second it started. Pretty much, yes. So would you be so kind as to, and then this is going to be all about you, but just before we really get going, yeah. just describe how we know each other and um, how we... Uh, how, how this started and what the whirlwind was like. Sure. Well, so Mike and I work together. We're both educators at a synagogue. And so we've, we've been working together on things like Sunday school or Sunday program, as we call it, and um, summer camps and other sorts of fun activities um, to be Jewish and learn with Jewish people together for kids. Um, and we were in a meeting with one of our colleagues and one of our colleagues was thinking about creating a podcast. Um, and this person had thought it out and been very meticulous (laughs) about their process. They were preparing for a podcast and Mike was like, Oh, I could do a podcast. And you know what? I think we need a podcast for, I think we need a podcast for kids and kids and families to know what good stuff is out there because we got to get the good stuff to the people. And I could tell that Mike was really excited about this. <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> um, well, it was pretty much all that Mike could talk about <laughs> for um, about 48 hours. Um, Great. Yeah, I think it was like about two days later that you were still talking about it and and you were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start making this happen maybe i'll create a website and sort of see how i feel about it but 
Oh, Mike. <laughs> it was not a... You, uh, it was a little bit more public than you realized because <laughs> what you did was you created an Instagram account um, for the Good Stuff Kids podcast, but you connected it to your Facebook account. <laughs> and what Mike didn't know was that everyone who's already on Instagram gets a notification when their friends on Facebook create an Instagram account. So we were at lunch and I said, oh, hey, Mike. I just got a notification that Good Stuff Kids Podcast <laughs> has an Instagram account. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, boy. And then you started getting messages from lots of friends who are like, what's this thing that your Good Stuff Kids Podcast on Instagram? And you're like, well, I guess I got to go public and I guess I got to do it. Yep. And it's been a whirlwind from there. It has been. Certainly, yeah. you've been caught up in the whirlwind. But that's... We're not here to talk about me. So I thank you for that origin story. But one thing, that, and the reason why I think that you are an ideal guest for the Good Stuff Kids podcast is because when you like something, you don't just like, oh, this is okay, like kind of like it. You really go like 100% in. And the way that uh, this has impacted me mostly, and, and we're not even really going to talk about this so much, is the... Um, is a, a small musical that not many people have heard of called Hamilton. Yes. Right? So I was kind of a, a Hamilton hater for a while. Oh, you were, in a big way. In a big it way. Was, it I, was a strain on our relationship, was, I have to say. It was. It was a strain. Yeah. Because you were a big fan and have been for a long time. Yes. Like, before even, you know, there was a touring company and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, so then over the summer, one day I was like, all right, you know, Rebecca really likes this. I respect Rebecca. She's my friend. I'm going to listen to the Hamilton soundtrack on my way, uh, you know, on a mini road trip. And I listened to it, and I believe I came back to you the next time I saw you, and I was like, you're right. This is total genius. This is the best thing that's ever happened, best thing I've ever heard. So knowing that you care so deeply about things and get so immersed in things and, like, take it to a level that is uh, 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 noteworthy, I'll say noteworthy, mm-hmm. I have some questions for you. Great. So you are not a kid. You don't no. have kids. You work with kids a lot. I do. But you spent some time as a kid at one point. Is I that did. True? That is yes. true. Okay. So if you were to think back on, and we're different generations, we should say. That's I'm true. what, like two or three years older than you? Oh, give or take. <laughs> give or take. So is there um, a great movie mm. that you think kids need to see? Oh, that's a great question. So, like you said, um, I so I grew up. In like I'm a '90s kid, yeah, um, early 2000s as well. Um, so it's kind of fun to think about the things that kids like then because it's not some of it has carried over. Like a lot of those Disney movies. Like I was a big fan of Mulan. I think Mulan is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Very and Pixar is still a thing, which is great. Um, one movie that families might not know about that I was a big fan of when I was a kid um, was called Hoodwinked. Oh. Um, so I guess I should also preface this by saying that um, I'm a big fan of fairy tales in general, but then also I really like stories that go behind a story that you think you know. So like with fairy tales, it's a really cool way to do that because everyone thinks they know the story of Red Riding Hood or the story of Cinderella. Um, and then I think it's really interesting to to turn that on its head and say, well, what if what if it was a little different? What if you've misjudged this character or or how these characters connect. And this can be done in lots of great ways. And I think Hoodwinked does a really good job of that in this movie. It's also really funny. So Hoodwinked is about the story of Little Red Riding Hood. And 
um, it starts at the end, right? Like, the Axeman has come in, and the wolf has been, you know, apprehended. It's the end of the story, and the police chief comes in to try and sort it all out and figure out, okay, we know what happened, the wolf is the bad guy here, end of story. Um, but then um, they realize, oh, maybe we should take him in and actually try and talk to everyone and hear their side of the story. And then the movie is different. The, the point of view of each of these four main characters, the wolf and Red Riding Hood and her granny and the Axeman and, um, and how they had experienced the past 24 hours. And you sort of realize that in this version of the story, nothing is as it seems. Everything's hilarious, and also you realize that maybe there's some other sinister force behind what is going on. Uh, so that's all I will say. But spoiler, I, not happening. I enjoyed this movie a lot, and it's also fun, is because once you know what's going to happen, you can go back and look for clues and realize Ooh. it the second time. You can see that they had those clues there the first time, but you weren't able to notice yeah. it yet. So I also love stories like that where. It has that rewatching value or rereading value. I'm about to uh, to set you up for something here. Okay, great. Is that is that a common thread that runs through some of the things that you really like? Definitely. So, what would be uh, another example, maybe that that maybe kids don't know about now, or parents don't know about now, may mm-hmm. have missed, that uh, sort of follows the same sort of thematic device. Are you thinking about a musical? I am thinking about a musical. Well, one of the musicals that I really loved as a kid that fortunately I think is still something that kids who like musical theater know about is Wicked. Mm. Um, Very big fan of that musical. I still consider myself so fortunate that I have a father who is very musically theater minded. I was raised on musical theater. you know, we would read scripts as bedtime stories, like the plays of like Cinderella, Roger and the Hammer Time Cinderella, or Sound of Music. Like this was just what I grew up with. Um, and he knew that there was this new show in town in San Francisco called Wicked, and it was about the Wicked Witch of the West, but a different version of the story. So he thought it might be interesting for us to go see it. So I was one of the first people in the world to get to see Wicked what? before it went to Broadway. That's awesome. And I was like a 10-year-old girl watching um, Defying Gravity, which is this epic one-act finale, um, and had no idea what to expect. No one knew what to expect. It was this new show and that discovery of this really cool thing and realizing that, so the play's about the Wicked Witch of the West, but is she really as wicked as you think she is? Or, again, is there a misunderstanding? Or have you not been told the full story? So um, to discover that was really wonderful. So I have very fond memories from getting to experience that as a kid and then knowing that the show was going to be really cool before anyone else did was kind of special. And still today, it's a show that I still enjoy and I still enjoy the music and still enjoy the message and also is a great show about the friendship of two women and I think that's a wonderful thing as well. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So would you say that... I mean, Wicked is sort of a sophisticated kind of thing, right? Is that the one with Adina Menzel? Yes. I was thinking in my head about when John Travolta did the Adele Manzine thing. Adele Dazim? I confused myself. But so, but Wicked is, you know, it's a sort of like a thematically sort of complicated. I mean, you're a very smart person, so obviously uh-huh. you got it from the start. But yeah. if I were to be interested in taking mm-hmm. my, you know, my kids, too, yeah, I do know right? your kids. So if there was a musical that you would suggest as like an appropriate introductory musical oh. for uh, a parent to take their kids to, mm-hmm. do you have any recommendations? <clears throat> 
Yeah, I think that it's important if um, if you're someone who likes musical theater or thinks your child might like musical theater, you can definitely start them young, which is great. And I think that there's mus- there are musicals for people of all ages, and I think some of the truly great musicals you can appreciate at many different ages in your life. So um, I guess I'll speak from my experience that the shows that my dad first introduced me to um, was Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, um, Sound of Music was the first show I actually went to see. I think those are both good shows for kids. And then he did something a little interesting, which I may recommend, I may not recommend, but it worked for me. Um, there's a musical called Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim. My dad is a big Stephen Sondheim fan. And the premise of that one, again, kind of like Hoodwinked, it's fairy tale characters. Um, <clears throat> and they're all in the same show. They're all going into the woods to get what they want. Cinderella's trying to go to the ball. Jack's trying to sell his cow so they can have enough money. Um, there's a baker and his wife who are trying to have a child, and Rapunzel's in there. And the first act is about them all going into the woods, interacting with each other, and trying to get the things that they need to, to you know, to grant their wishes. Um, and the first act ties up really nicely, and it's just kind of this fun adventure in the woods. Um, but the whole show is actually, then in the second act, you start to see the consequences of their actions, and they don't just get there happily ever after, and things get challenging again, and they have to figure out how to work their way through, characters die in the second act, it it gets very dark, and much more morally ambiguous. Mm -hmm. So my dad was just like, oh, well, I'll just show Rebecca the first act. (laughs) And I thought it was the whole show, and I loved it, and I was a big fan of it, um, and then it was only it was several years later when I was going on about how much I loved the show and how much I wished I knew what happened next that he happened to say, oh, well, there just so happens to be a whole other act of the show. <laughs> if you would like to come sit down, I'll show it to you. And my mind was blown yeah, again. Yeah, in, in a good way? Well, I was super excited. And then it was sort of this, oh, my gosh, this is much more complicated than I thought it was going to be. And they don't just get their happy ever after. And I had to process that. But uh-huh. You know, I was older and was better able to do that at that point. Um, so, um, and there actually are, um, there are junior productions of the show Into the Woods. A lot of schools and, um, oh, yeah. and like, children's theaters will put on Into the Woods. And some of them will just put on the first act as a way to, really? you know, make it appropriate for younger audiences. So he wasn't the only one to have this idea. Um, so that can also be a way to go. Sometimes you can show kids certain parts of a show that you think they're ready for and then, yeah. When they get older, you can open them up to more. Yeah. Interesting. Another show that I'm a fan of that wasn't around when I was a kid, but I think is great for kids, is Matilda, uh, which yeah. is um, a I show based book. on the book Matilda. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a great show about a kid with magical abilities who um, loves to read and um, helps her friends, and it's a really fun show, too. I saw the movie. Yeah, the movie's great, too. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman were in it, right? I think so. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. Okay, so you're also a big reader. I love to read. You love to read. I do. So do you remember any books from when you were younger mm-hmm. that you would recommend to basically me or those uh-huh. with kids who want sure. to read with their kids, like to read with their kids? Sure. Well, we were a big fan of like, of picture books as a kid, and then, of course, I also read, like, chapter books as I got older. Some of our favorite, like, picture books growing up, um, we were big fan of Dr. Seuss, of course, which I think most people know about. Um, I was, um, 
I um, I have a list of a lot of the books I've read on Goodreads, and I was looking at them, and I remembered a book that that was a family favorite, which was, I think, by Robert Munch called I'll Love You Forever. Do you know this one? Oh, I like it for all of yes. as long as you're living, so that's, my baby. That's still, a, that's still a, a classic in our household. Um, and I was remembering that, so my sister... Um, her she she has dyslexia and learning to read was a little bit more of a challenge for her so her favorite book that we would read was called Tuesday which is a book with no words which is um a book when all of the um frogs in this town at night on Tuesday night just start to fly and they like fly over the town and the village and um, we would really love reading that one um I've gotten to know a lot of picture books now that um even though I'm like not of the age where I would necessarily just want to read them, I still really enjoy them and will read them to kids I know. Um, I'm a big fan of Mo Willems picture uh-huh. books, which I think a lot of people know about. Um, and I think that they're really funny, and then they also tend to teach important lessons. Like my favorite, um, one of my favorites is Should I Share My Ice Cream, which is one of the Elephant and Piggy ones, which is where Gerald has an ice cream cone and he's so excited. And then he's like, wait a minute, should I share my ice cream? He's like, no, no, no. Maybe maybe she wouldn't like this flavor, um, or you know maybe maybe she doesn't have to know that I decided not to share because she's not here. But eventually, um, makes the decision that he should share his ice cream. It's a very good, so, emotionally powerful story. I am yes. just in hearing the description. Why? Thank you. <laughs> yes. So that was a kids' book. Yes. Now, you you know, another thing that you. Another area that you mm-hmm. know a lot about mm-hmm. is the um, the Harry Potter series. Oh, yes. <clears throat> so we're not going to get too much into the Harry Potters because I think a mm-hmm. lot of families know about it already mm-hmm. and are going to read about it. But what I want to hear from you is which character, mm-hmm. and I think I know, really? but I'm going to ask anyway, Okay. <laughs> which character from the Harry Potter series do you relate to most Mm. and Mm. why ah well yes as you said i am a huge fan of harry potter that was another series that i got to grow up with like the books were coming out as i was growing up so that's always a special thing but i love that even though the books are all out now kids are reading them and loving them and i think that's great um my favorite character in the harry potter series is hermione granger um she is a fantastic character um and there's a lot of reasons why I really love her. Um, I, you know, first of all, I just I identified with her in a lot of ways. She has brown, bushy hair, um, and I do too. She loves to read and loves to learn, and I do too. Um, and I think when I was younger, those were like the reasons I loved her so much. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've also realized that um, she has very strong convictions, and she's good at standing by them and standing up for what she believes in which is something that I aspire to do as well. Um, and at the same time, she's a very caring friend, and she she is often the one who is aware of what other people are thinking and feeling and can help them um, make the right choice or support them in a way that they don't necessarily realize they need support. So I also admire that in her. And um, But she also makes mistakes, and I feel like she's a very human character in that way. Um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of female characters that are written sometimes they we they end up coming across as perfect right oh we want to show how amazing women are so we want to show them just as completely perfect people because women are great but that's harder to see 
in yourself. So I think when you can see, okay, someone can sometimes not make the right choice or miss the mark a little bit, but still do amazing things and still be a really valuable part of a team and still make big contributions, I think that's even more important. I think she's a really good example of that. Yeah, well said. Well said. Um, Another thing that I've learned from you, which has impacted my parenting in a very, Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that I wasn't expecting because I wasn't expecting to get such good advice from you as a sort of a a role model type in a lot of ways is, uh, and and this has impacted my parenting Mm -hmm. and has helped me, I think, to be a better parent or at least a more understanding parent is your uh, picky eater uh-huh mm-hmm. and this has led to one of my favorite games which is when we go out for lunch at work i like to often play the game what would rebecca get and i'm mostly right you do pretty well and and i'm not this, this is not a a diss mm-hmm. but the reason why i'm mostly right i think is because i think about what my seven-year-old would get mm-hmm. and you've really helped me to understand that it's okay to be a picky eater, mm-hmm. and picky eaters will go on to live fruitful and good lives, and will be healthy, and will take care of themselves, and so I want to thank you for helping to expand my worldview on picky eaters. Well, you're very welcome, um, and I, yeah, I think this is probably a topic that is relevant to many listeners. I was a notoriously picky eater. I have since expanded my um, diet in many ways, but as a kid, um, I had a very limited range of food that I would eat. Um, And it's not the normal kid stuff, which is, I think that's usually when people are shocked about what I would eat. So I did not eat peanut butter and jelly, so no peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I had my first peanut butter and jelly sandwich when I was 18. Um, (laughs) I did not eat noodles. I didn't like the texture. So no pasta, no macaroni and cheese. Um, nothing like, no chicken noodle soup. Um, I didn't eat many vegetables. The only vegetables I ate were carrots and corn. None of the green ones. I don't even think corn is a vegetable anymore. I think it is. (laughs) Well, it was when I was a kid anyway. Um, I didn't eat very many fruits either. Um, apples and bananas came and went. Um, peaches usually I would eat, but, um... Like, no strawberries. I don't know what my deal was with strawberries. I just wouldn't eat strawberries. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, the list goes on and on. Um, so what did you I, eat? I did eat a lot of grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. A lot of pizza. I did go through a phase where I would only eat pizza without tomato sauce. Okay. So it was just cheese and bread. <laughs> Basically another form of grilled cheese. Um, I got over that a little bit earlier. Uh-huh. Um, I ate hot dogs. I ate chicken. And uh, that was pretty much That's, and so cereal. It's, so it's like a rotation of cereal, hot dogs, chicken. Yeah, I mean, not, I was living the dream, just like yeah. eating all this great food. Yeah, but really um, so I think, <clears throat> you know, my my parents came to realize that I I was very stubborn about this, and you know, they didn't. I I've learned since, like you know, there's the whole no thank you bite thing. I think that probably could have helped me that uh-huh. that idea of just try it, but. Um, that didn't happen, but, you know, um, but they were, you know, they were, you know, you have to eat some sort of vegetable, you have to eat some sort of fruit you can pick, and they were, they are very supportive of that, and, um, and for me, what ended up happening was, over time, um, I think what happened is I did become more comfortable 
I would have been okay eating those things. And eventually, just what happened one day was um, I was actually traveling, and there wasn't any of the normal food that I liked. I was like, okay, well, I'll just try this and give it a go. And I suddenly realized, oh, I'm okay eating these things now. And once I realized that, then that kind of started the <laughs> chain effect of, okay, I can eat things again. Um, but, but you know, it all, it all worked out in the end. Um, and I think my mom also said that she would realize that, like, you know, if I was hungry, I would eat. And I would make sure that I would, you know, get the nutrition that I needed. Right. So um, she didn't let it become a power struggle, which, which was good for both of us. Um, and, you know, ultimately it worked out okay. And um, I'm grateful now to, you know, eat a lot of things that I really enjoy. Um, and also grateful that I was able to be a picky eater when I needed to be a picky eater. Well, there's like, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of layers to this that, that we, you have, that like you sort of got to, mm -hmm. and then you didn't get to. And the one that I think is mm -hmm. really important additionally to yes. your story about being a picky eater is that your parents are great parents, right? Mm -hmm. Like shout out obviously mm -hmm. to Ross and Ann and, and your mom did not let mm -hmm. it be a power struggle, mm -hmm. which is really important. Mm -hmm. And she's, she realized that if you were hungry, you'd eat, which mm -hmm. we've thought about a lot. But the other layer that that I think is uh, empowering to parents mm -hmm. is the fact that your dad's a pediatrician. Oh, he is, yeah. Right? And and like it's, your dad's a pediatrician, and you know his most important patient or patients, I should say, mm -hmm. are you and your sister. Mm -hmm. And he was not going to let you like waste away and and not eat and whatever it mm -hmm. is. So it's important to hear that like a mm -hmm. pediatrician, a bona fide, real mm -hmm. life certified pediatrician yeah. is was okay with it yeah. and like was like this is what kids do so yeah. that's an important lesson too mm -hmm. um okay you have 20 seconds okay maybe 30 okay convince me to watch doctor who ready go i'm a big fan of doctor who um i think the reason you should watch this show is because it deals with like life's biggest questions as most sci-fi shows do like what does it mean to be human um how do we make connections um, there's a lot of, the show's always changing, um, actors and, and characters. And so there's kind of this idea of like, even in the face of losing people and, and life changing, what do you hold on to and how do you continue? What do you learn from it? Um, and so I think that's all really great. And it's fun adventures, meeting new characters and interesting situations. And always with this sense of, um, perseverance and laughter and optimism. Wow, you did it. Um, Thank you. Still not sure I'm going to watch it, but that was very well, convincing. Well, if you'd given me more time, I could I maybe have yeah, said the scene a little more. I but, only gave you 30 seconds. But if that's all the time I have, that's the most important piece, I think. Okay. Now, I know you feel very strongly about this. Yes. What are your thoughts on fidget spinners? Fidget spinners. <laughs> First of all, let me say that as an educator, I think that giving a kid a fidget is can be a very important tool. And I'm an advocate of that and um, helping kids, you know, with whatever sensory input they need to learn. Um, and I think fidget spinners have the potential to do that, but we've had a lot of conversations in this room about how sometimes they feel more like a toy than a tool. And I think I think the biggest issue really is if it's distracting um, to, to the kid who's using it, if they're too busy looking at the spinner instead of doing their work, and if it's distracting to the people around them. So I think a great solution to this is if you can keep it under your desk or you know in your pocket in a way that no one else can see it, um, that usually then ends up turning it into a tool instead of a toy. Um, but, but yeah, I think that 
you know, it's, it's a fine balance, right? You want, you want to have something that's fun and engaging, but also that's going to enhance other learning in the classroom. And that's my feelings on it. That's great. Um, we should also say that you and I play a lot of games at work. We do. We, we, um, we do get our work done and we're very, very hard workers. Oh yes. But, uh, we, you introduced me to Sporkle. I love Sporkle. We sometimes play the same Sporkle level together. I'm Mm -hmm. much better at like the WWE wrestler ones Mm -hmm. than you are, just to say. Not everyone may know what Sporkle is. Oh, what is it? So Sporkle is a website. It's a trivia website on the internet, sporkle.com, S-P-O-R-C-L-E. And they have, like, quizzes of all sorts of categories. So I personally love the geography ones. I'm a big fan of geography. So, like, they have a Sporkle quiz of name all the 50 states. And as you type them in, if it's a correct answer, it'll it'll submit it and go to the correct spot. Um, There are also sports ones, which I am not as talented at, um, that Mike tends to do better at. Um, There's musical theater ones, which I often enjoy, like guess the lyrics or what show is this from? There's book ones, language ones, lots of different kinds of quizzes. Um, So it's fun when Mike and I can find a quiz that we both feel like we can be successful at and both contribute. Um, That's always a fun fun time. We also play Jeopardy. We do. They're very heavy on the trivia. We're, we're we like to trivia. learn. We like to learn. We like to to reach into the deep recesses of our brains mm-hmm. and, and think that uh, and think about things that we haven't thought about maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Rebecca. Yes. Do you have any questions for me? Oh, interesting. Um, I have a question for you. Yes, Rebecca. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned while? doing this podcast it's been more than a year the tables have turned haven't they yeah i've learned that people work really really hard yeah and i think that people when they get passionate about something whether it be music or you know clothing or toys or games or books when they are really passionate about it they put everything they have into it and that's really inspiring Every time I talk to someone, it's inspiring. I'm inspired mm-hmm. by you and how dedicated you are to the things that you love, and it's always inspiring to talk to musicians and hear like sort of the story behind their music. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've learned that uh, if you really are passionate about something, mm-hmm. like go for it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not making any money at this, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. loving doing it, and mm-hmm. it's expanding my world. Nice. And what's something that you're passionate about that listeners might not know about? Oh, jeez. Uh, well, I have no secrets. Drumming, I do love, for, thank you for the, <laughs> the hand gesture. Uh, people may not know that I have um, a lot of experience going into groups and, and leading drum circles. Um, very cool. Very low-hanging fruit drum circles. You know, no musical experience necessary. I come in there and we start at zero and we go to 60 pretty quick and it's mm-hmm. just all about listening and mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. Um, people may not know that... Uh, I love to grill. Mm. I um, I think people can probably gather that I enjoy WWE wrestling because it comes up occasionally. Mm-hmm. People may not know, but I love chicken wings. I knew that. You did know that. Did know that. Did you know that? You did know that. Okay. Um, yeah. Great. Great. That's awesome. I'm <laughs> glad you. we got to learn a little more about you, too, on this oh, episode. I also love coffee a lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> um Rebecca, thank you for the time. 
Thank you for having me. Um, we should also say this is not your first podcast, is it? Oh, it's not. Yeah. I've been on a few other podcasts. Uh, more than two? I, I'm thinking of two. Two. I mean, yeah. I've been on, two, I've been on, but I've been on those podcasts more than once. What, what yeah. was the first podcast you were this ever on? This is extremely <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> um, one thing that we didn't mention that I was very into as a middle schooler um, is a TV show from Nickelodeon called Avatar The Last Airbender, which I highly, highly recommend. Um, the episodes are only 30 minutes long. You can, there are like 30 of them. You can watch the whole thing in a weekend if you want to, for, for those of us who like to binge watch. Uh-huh. Um, great, great show um, about, uh, like, about, you know, it's, it's hard to explain in a short time what it's about, but it's, there you know, there's kind of a savior figure who has to save the world by controlling the four elements. So there's kind of a martial arts aspect and then also a spiritual aspect and a friendship aspect and and a lot to learn. It's a great show. I, I can't go into it here because that would be a whole other podcast, <laughs> which was my Speaking first... Speaking of which... Which was my first podcast. Um, I went on the internet and found some other friends who liked the show and we made a podcast about Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, so if you search hard, you can find an adolescent Rebecca DeHovitz <laughs> talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, and it's great. Highly recommend it. <laughs> it's cringe-worthingly great. Cringe-worthily, cringe-worthing? Worthily? Worthingly? Whatever it is, it's yeah, great. it's great. Well, Rebecca, you're my bud. Thanks. High five. We did it. Assistant producer Maddie, high five. We did it. Anything you want to say, Maddie? Rebecca Dehovitz knows everything. She does. She's the best. (laughs) All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Rebecca's the best. Thanks for doing that, Rebecca. Really fun to talk to you all the time, not just for the podcast. For all the old episodes, www.goodstuffpod.com. There's oodles and oodles and oodles of good stuff. Lots of creators of art and music and books and all kinds of different things for you and your family. Thanks for listening. Talk to you very soon. Yeah.